0: We recorded this episode early in the afternoon on Sunday, November 20th. To my horror, I found out shortly afterwards that there'd been another mass shooting the night before. This time in an LGBTQ nightclub in Colorado Springs. Five people were killed. At least 18 others were physically injured. Countless have been traumatized. I want to take a minute to add this prologue to say, well, what can I say? There are no words. We try on this podcast to stay away from discussing politics or religion, specifically because I want to create a safe space where everyone is welcome, can find support, and learn how to live their best lives. But this event, this example of hate, and murderous intolerance, and the kinds of speech and behaviors that eventually led to it, I can't put out this episode without at least acknowledging what happened and say, unequivocally, that it has to stop. We need to understand that everyone, everyone, is a human being deserving of love and respect. Period. No qualifiers, no regardless of, Everyone is a human being deserving of love and respect. It's one thing to say I'm an ally. It's another to make sure I'm doing everything I can to work towards a world where everyone fully embraces this simple fact. Thus, the conversation you're about to hear. It's about being inclusive when hosting LGBTQ friends or loved ones during the holidays and how to come out or talk with families if you're queer. I wish we didn't have to have this kind of conversation, but here we are. I'm aware that some of my questions may come off as cringy, but we need to start somewhere. We need to try and have these conversations. And that's what I'm asking of you. Just try. There are so many wonderful traditions during the holiday season. They remind us that we must be grateful for the gifts given to us. We must come together and persevere when times are tough. But most of all, we must love one another. Our deepest condolences to everyone affected by this tragedy. We see you. We wish you solace and healing and justice during this difficult time. I'm Heather Drago, and this is That's a Hard No, the podcast about saying no and setting boundaries to become the authentic and empowered you that this world needs. The holidays are upon us. It can be an exciting time filled with family gatherings and parties, holiday music and movies, religious observations, gifts and fun decorations, all the special things we look forward to throughout the year. But for a lot of us, the holidays aren't exactly magical they can be stressful too. Some folks simply dread this time of year. Holiday gatherings can mean falling short of unrealistic expectations of perfection, ding, 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 family tensions, or awkward conversations. Parties and dinners can trigger issues around food and addictions. The expectations that come with cooking and baking and shopping and gift-giving can mean spending time and energy and money you don't really have. Remember that even now, especially now, it's okay, necessary really, to say no and set boundaries. You are allowed to prioritize your well-being and mental health. Over the next several weeks, we're going to talk with some familiar friends and a few new experts about all the different ways you can set boundaries to ensure that you and the people who matter to you truly enjoy this season of celebration. So take a load off and listen in. It's hard no for the holidays. We're kicking off our holiday miniseries with Kathy Houston, a certified life coach who specializes in helping women reinvent themselves later in life. She helps them develop and implement strategies for health, wellness, and fulfilling relationships in an LGBTQ safe space. Kathy and I are going to chat about something that I think is pretty basic, how to be yourself, and more importantly, how to create a safe space so that others can be themselves and feel welcome during the holiday season we're talking about coming out, introducing significant others, and being supportive of our LGBTQ plus loved ones. Hi, Kathy. Thanks so much for coming on That's a Hard No.
1: Hi, Heather. Great to be here. Glad to meet you. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, I've been looking forward to this conversation, and uh, I can't wait to share you with everyone listening. So in doing our research on you, we learned that you call yourself a late-blooming lesbian, uh, which I love. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about that, about your journey, your story?
1: My story started back in college when I got married to my ex-husband. We were married for 35 years, two grown children. And at about the age of 45, I discovered that I was not being true to myself and that um, I liked women. And so I put that on hold for five years and pushed it down and didn't address
0: it. Good boy.
1: Yeah. Until I was 50, the magic 50 hit. And then it was time to reevaluate my life. And so um, I told my husband. He wasn't surprised. We... Um, Told my friends, my family. I told my mom. My mom was like, Well, I was wondering when you were going to figure that out. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Mom was like, oh, that's good. You figured it out now. It's a little late, but all right. And um, so then I, I started on a journey of dating and meeting women. And I found my partner who I'm with now. We've been together three and a half years. We are wonderfully happy. Um, she did the same thing, came out of a 30 year marriage, two grown children. Wow. She knew all along. And she did what she was supposed to do in her Mm. mandatory compulsory community that she was in with her parents. So finally, um, she decided to make the break as well. And um, we couldn't be happier. It it was just amazing. We didn't realize that this much happiness existed for ourselves.
0: Yeah, it's so sad just to conform to societal expectations. You couldn't experience your true selves or bliss or but luckily you found each other now. So that's great.
1: Yes. So it's wonderful.
0: So you talked about coming out to your parents and your family and your your ex-husband. Let's talk about coming out. I think sometimes people come out this time of year because they want to introduce their partners, they wanna be with their partners at the holidays. Um, or maybe they have the support of their partners when they come out finally to their family. You know, sometimes people live double lives. Full disclosure, my best friend growing up was a gay man. I named my son after him. Like, I've been surrounded by people of all walks of life forever. And um, and I have family members who have come out. And I know it can be really hard and scary for people and there are lots of different things that come into play about when and how. So what are the pros and cons of coming out at a holiday gathering? I mean, I would think it kind of complicates things a little.
1: I think that would be a little bit of a con. My recommendation and my thoughts and what I've done and researched and read about is you should already be out to your family, your host, whoever's house you're going to, and already have their support. And they've kind of wrapped their head around your LGBT mm-hmm, unit. Mm-hmm. and then. Like maybe the next holiday or maybe, you know, so if you're already out now, so then this holiday you introduce the partner and
0: mm-hmm, they're, mm-hmm.
1: they're happy for you. They're going to want the best for you. They're going to see how happy you are and they'll be supportive. But if you're not already out, that would be a bombshell at the Christmas dinner mm-hmm. table or at the Thanksgiving dinner table, Um, depending right. on your family and your upbringing. Again, if it's a very heteronormal family with some some staunch beliefs, Just coming out yourself is going to be a challenge, let alone trying to introduce a partner. So caution is the word there.
0: If you want to bring your partner, you want to be your true self at a holiday gathering with your family, you should be planning ahead and be having those conversations. What about if you don't come out um, and then you're at a holiday event, you don't initiate the conversation, but someone confronts you or is, you know passive aggressive or aggressive or homophobic or, you know, makes a comment.
1: That's up to the individual. I, I mean, again, what are, what are the norms of the family? Do you want to go there now? Mm-hmm. Um, always, you know, avoid substances, avoid alcohol so that you can be on your best game and be on your toes.
0: Mm-hmm. Clear headed. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: clear headed so that you can give the proper response. If you want to go ahead and give the response and you, you think it's time and that family member. You know, it's is being, you know, a little bit like, Meh. you know, what's up with you? Why, do you have, why don't you have a girlfriend? Why don't you have a boyfriend? You know, how come you, we never see you with a guy or how come we never see you with a girl? That could be the time to say, because I don't like them or, you know, that's not, mm-hmm. I'm not into that. And then you could leave it there or you could, you know, take it to the next level. It just, it just depends on how that family situation mm-hmm. is going to go in the dynamic of the family. And um, you have to be prepared for that in advance. So the idea mm-hmm. is Not only if you're going to introduce a partner, prep your partner, also prep yourself, you know, for, Mm -hmm. okay, if this happens, then I'm going to say this. If this happens, then I'm going to say this. If Aunt May goes down this road, then I will respond this way. Um, And then also brief your partner on all the family members and maybe some tips for conversation starters and how to, you know, Aunt May's really into cooking. Ask her about her great cranberry bowl. You know, everybody needs to be prepped for the expectations.
0: You know. This is good advice for anyone bringing a new partner, whether you're LGBTQ yeah. or hetero. I mean, like, I remember when I when I first started dating my husband, and there was like this wall of cousins, and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> it was very intimidating. So, let's say you've already come out. Maybe it's your first time bringing your partner. And what's the best way to introduce someone new to your family, especially if you have like the weird opinionated uncle or you know whatever?
1: Well, um. The host should already be aware that you're bringing your partner, mm-hmm. your partner, your wife, your husband. Of
0: course, that would be rude to just show up <laughs> with someone else. Yeah.
1: No, however, you're going to refer to them. Um, even if you're not legally married, you can say my wife or my husband. That doesn't—that's pretty much standard procedure now. Is how we introduce each other as husbands and wives. If you're just girlfriend and boyfriend, that's fine. Say girlfriend, say boyfriend. Um, same as anybody would. Just, just say who they are. Um, you know, like my Mm -hmm. wife and committed a relationship, even though we're, we're not legally married, we consider ourselves married. And so she's my wife and I'm her wife, my wife, Kathy. This is my wife, Christy. Um, this is my girlfriend, Christy. This is my girlfriend. So-and-so we've been together a couple of years. We met here, we met there, tell a little story and leave it go and let it, Mm -hmm. let it sit on the, you know, on who's there. And if you're already out and everyone pretty much knows you're out and you're happy,
0: then they're going to be happy for you too. They're
1: going to be like, "Oh, right. so nice to finally meet you. Oh, we're glad you found someone. Oh, we were so worried about you. We didn't mm-hmm. know if you were ever going to find your person." You know,
0: in healthy families, we want to see each other be happy with whoever right. they're with, right? right. So it's, we want to be supportive. And
1: a dysfunctional family situation that would be tricky to navigate.
0: Yeah. So in those situations, I mean, sadly, you know, I I was a teenager in the '80s, and and a lot of my gay friends really did not have the support of their families, and they had to kind of live double lives. It was really tough. Um, and so I've heard some things like, you know, have an ally on standby. If you need to make a phone call, if, you know, you're getting a lot of passive aggressive vibes, leave the room and make a phone call or have a plan B. Um, yep. Absolutely. I mean, and also like, what about even just, you know, why, do, why do we never see you with a guy? Like, can you just say, you know, I don't talk about my personal life. Can you just like set that boundary even, or is that hiding? If you've decided
1: that in advance that you're not going to come out and this is not the time I'm going to come out and I don't care what mm-hmm. um, Uncle Joe says, then set the boundary. Like you said, it's a hard no. Set your boundaries. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you're prepared to come out, then go ahead. But if you're not and this is not the time and this is not the place and it's not of your choice, then just, mm-hmm. just end the conversation. Just direct, redirect. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about something else. I'm not going to talk about that right now. Right. Good to see you, Uncle Joe. Hey, how's uh, how's your daughter, Susie? You just change the subject.
0: Yeah, what do you think about the plan B or have an ally on standby?
1: I like that. That's that's kind of like uh, you know the AA is You know, have your sponsor on speed dial. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a great idea. And also, mm-hmm. um, you have a plan B with your partner too. So, like, decide in advance. Uh, okay, if this happens. We're going to politely leave. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if this happens, you know, we're going to stay at a hotel. Make those arrangements in advance.
0: That's smart. Yeah. Um,
1: And and it's all about managing expectations.
0: I think there's a lot to be said for, like, having some empathy and patience, especially when we're talking about generational, you know, someone much, much older than us who maybe was raised differently or is in a different faith or something. um, Having a little bit of grace, I guess. What do you think about that? Or is it on that? Is it on all of our responsibilities to show a little patience and kindness and grace or?
1: It's usually more in the LGBTQ person's um, ballpark to show the grace and empathy. Yeah. Sadly. (laughs) Yeah. Be the bigger person. Right. Your audience. um, Know, know your audience, know your family. And, you know, so-and-so is not going to take this well and, and might make a remark or might not understand just, that's going to be the generational issue. Um, so that just be prepared for that. Oh, you know, grandma, it'll be fine. Oh, grandpa, it's okay. You know, you know I'm happy and I, I just want you to be happy for me. And that's all you need to know. And if they're supportive enough, they'll, be, they'll say, okay. If they're not, and then, you know, you say, well, you're going to burn in hell because you're homosexual. Well, then that's yeah, not, a good, not a good way to go.
0: And how do you advise people when they're faced with something like that? Do you just turn it off? Do you ignore it? Like, what? I can't even imagine a family. I just don't. I literally cannot understand parents and grandparents rejecting children. Like, I cannot understand it. Like, you say when they're born, I will love you unconditionally for your entire life. So, when that's tested, there are people who just are like, nope, you're not mine anymore. And I just literally cannot understand it. So, I I wouldn't even know where to start with that what do you say to people? Unfortunately, it still happens. And even though we think we're modernized and we think we've moved on,
1: and there's still uh, teenage halfway houses for when they get kicked out. Um, the trans community is really experiencing still a lot of problems. So uh, that issue is still out there. And unfortunately, it's not as acceptable as we think it is. You know? I want to say we've moved on, but in a lot of communities and a lot of cities and a lot of places, we haven't. The best thing to that is to have the ally in support in advance on speed dial, um, to help mm-hmm. that, like, uh, you know, a mentor person, hopefully they, they have a mentor person or a therapist. I mean, hopefully we're in therapy. Um, cause we're mm-hmm. in therapy. So. <laughs> Everybody needs therapy. <laughs> Everybody needs therapy. Yeah. We, we all need to have that, you know, that person we can call and say, okay, listen, you know, grandpa, grandpa Joe just went off the deep end and said, I'm going to burn in hell. Um, and, and say, you know, Grandpa Joe, I'm sorry that you feel that way. I don't believe that in my spiritual um, realm. And I think there's a God for everyone. And I'm sorry that you think that. And I don't think that. And I think I'm going to be okay. So, okay, I'll talk to you later. You know, I'm going to go over here now.
0: Yeah, it just breaks my heart that people have to deal with that. But that's where we are. Um, so how can family and friends, how can hosts help set a welcoming environment? I guess at any family get together or holiday party or whatever, like what can the, this is coming from a heteronormal, you know, like viewpoint. And, and I always want to just make everybody comfortable and just treat everybody as, you know, unique individuals. And it's all great. Like I, I have, but like there may be people who just are unfamiliar and, you know, are nervous or whatever. Like what advice do you have for hosts or family members?
1: Um, probably get your pronouns right um, before mm. we're even introduced under get the expectation, you know, that whoever's bringing the partner, get let's get our pronouns right. He, she, they, them, you know, however they want to be called, whatever their name is, they want to be called, make sure we know that. Um, and then just, just be normal, just be natural, just yeah. be warm and inviting, just be a good human. Just, right. Just, you know, like you would invite anyone into your home, you know, there's no special treatment. There's no, um, just get their name right and get their pronouns. Right. And they will be in heaven. Right. You know, if you, if you get that right and you at least make that effort. And even if you forget their pronoun and you switch it one time during the conversation and switch it back, it's okay. You're trying
0: Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. We get that, you know, that you're trying. And as long as you're making an effort to make everybody feel welcome, that's great. We should do that for all of our guests regardless.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Can we talk about pronouns for a second? I know that for hetero people sometimes it can be very confusing. Like why why like I've had people say to me like on my email signature it has my name and then it says she her, you know, just cuz I'm trying to be welcoming and inclusive to everybody and acknowledging that not everybody should assume, right? I have someone I love very much who goes by they them. I'm in the habit of she, her, <laughs> and I catch myself after I've said she or her, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. And it and it's just merely out of habit. Like I'm just trying to train my brain to use the right pronouns. Why is it important to people, especially trans people, um why does it matter? Why should we get it right? This may seem like an obvious, dumb question, but like, I feel like there are people very confused by it.
1: well, let's say. My name is Kathleen. I go by Kathy. Um, and then you know, I introduce myself as Kathy. You know, I go by Kathy. But someone insists on calling me Kathleen. Am I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shy away from that person. I'm going to be like, okay, I told mm-hmm. you to call me Kathy. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's, yeah, that is my formal given name. Um, but I go by Kathy. So just, you can just call me Kathy. Okay, Kathleen. It's rude.
0: Yeah, it's a sign of disrespect. Yeah.
1: Fact and disrespectful. So that's why we need to get the pronouns right or try to get the pronouns right as long as we're trying and we recognize the they them um Mm -hmm. or the he the he she is different you know for a trans person they're going by she now and her name is um Denise instead of Dennis make sure you get it right because it's very important our name is our identity right our name and what we're called is ingrained in us and it's very important to us it's very personal and for someone to to even try is disrespectful rude comes across as Mm -hmm. an event discrimination Mm um to to even try as long as we're trying and we we slip up like you said you catch yourself with the they them oh she just went over there they just went over there you know yeah as long as you're trying to get it right people understand especially when there's Mm -hmm. you know an age difference of you know i didn't I mean, I'm, I'm not young. And so I didn't have they, them, she, him, her, you know, we didn't do that um, when I was a kid or growing up or, you know, I've just learned that coming into the community late in my life of what all that means. And mm-hmm. I had to learn all mm-hmm. the alphabet, the L, the B, the G, the T, the Q, the plus. <laughs> I had to learn all I'm like, what is all this? Okay.
0: <laughs> this so yeah. I had the four of them down and then they added more. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. not that these people didn't exist before. We just didn't acknowledge it. So, right. and, we, and we didn't classify right. it so distinctly. We just lumped
1: everything together as gay or queer. That's right. And yeah, it, yeah. Gay or queer. Okay, whatever. But there's there are differences. And, and we did mm-hmm. the binary and the, you know, um, androgynous type person, the non-sexual person. They don't see themselves as sexual at all. I mean, there's all that stuff. So it's uh, Mm -hmm. all these different things now that we're always there. And you're absolutely right. Right. You know, we're always there. We just didn't
0: acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. Didn't know how to talk about it.
1: And we didn't want to know. We didn't want to talk about it. You're gay. This is true. All right. You're gay. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How can family and friends make a new partner feel welcome? Obviously don't pretend like they don't exist. Or that, oh, you're here. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I don't know what to say to you. And
1: I'm going to be really nervous. So I'm just not going to say anything to you at all. Well, that's worse. Right. So again, we want to prep the host and the family on what they should ask the new partner. You know, hey, my Mm -hmm. partner's really into running. He's really into fitness. He's about to run a a marathon or something. You know, oh, talk about that. Or how's your training going? Mm -hmm. Give the family and your host something to talk about with your partner so that there's not that awkward silence. So that there's not that, well, what do you do? You know, tell them what they do for a living. Have them ask if they're a mask their teacher. Ask about how teaching is going, how difficult that's been with COVID. Just give everybody some topics, some subjects to go, in to, to go mm-hmm. into the conversations with. So everybody feels more at ease. And we just don't know what to say to that person over there. So I'm just not going to talk to them at all. Because that would be, that would be the most.
0: Yeah, I feel like some of these questions i've prepared it's almost like i'm talking about what happens if you have an alien over for thanksgiving right and i don't want it to come across that way you know and and i i i just we're all human if you're going to be a good host you're going to be a good host like just treat people like people right i
1: can speak to that personally my partner has not told her parents so um she is going to thanksgiving without me mm-hmm. and i'm going mm-hmm. to work so She's upset about that. And um, she has got the very elderly parents in the very Southern Baptist religion, you will burn in hell, homophobia. So at least she thinks it's that bad. Now, we always imagine things a lot worse than they really are. But she is not willing. She just can't do it. She's scared. She's scared. So she's in therapy to, to help with that. And that's what that's the issue. So she's going to go, um, she's going to have her sister meet her there. So she's not with her parents alone. She's going to have one of her kids meet her there. So it's a group, it's a family. So that that pressure isn't on her from her mother of, what are you doing? Who are you? What, what's happening? You know, why are you in Tampa? Why aren't you in Bradenton with Daniel? I mean, yeah. You know, so there's not that going on. She make, that has that buffer, like an ally, so to speak, because her sister does that. Mm-hmm. So she's out to her sister and she has the ally and she makes sure she's, you know, stays, you know, in that comfort zone with the family so that mom doesn't have a chance to, to say anything mm-hmm. that might, you know, go the wrong way. Um, she knows that the parents know that they, she lives with me, that she's left her husband, but they have no idea it's a romantic um, involvement. Mm-hmm. So for me, at first it was hard and I took it personally that she was not proud of me. She didn't want to show me off mm-hmm. but then realizing, no, it's her, not me. And we always have to realize that it's the other person. It's not us. You know, it's their issue, not ours. And so she has to realize that with her parents, that it's her parents' issue and not hers. So she has to take ownership of it and have the courage and be brave. And it's hard. And she has she's just not ready yet. And so Mm -hmm. we're doing another Thanksgiving and another Christmas separate. We'll do our Thanksgiving together and then she'll go to visit. And then we'll do our Christmas together and she'll go to visit. And my family's, my mom knows, obviously, my mom knows, and my mom has met Christy and loves her dearly. Uh, we're going to see my mom for Thanksgiving. So a complete different spectrum just within my own family dynamic of, of where we're at. Mm-hmm. So She just, she has to have the courage and the bravery to stand up and say, this is who I am. This is me. And mom, it's your problem. Or dad, it's your problem, not mine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And mm-hmm. that's way easier said than done.
0: Yeah. Would you agree that it's okay if you don't come out? Like, you don't have to come out to everybody. Like, if you feel it's not a safe space, that's a choice. It's not a requirement of being gay, (laughs) right? Like, um, and you're allowed to set boundaries about who you tell what about your life. Is that, would you agree with that?
1: Absolutely. I think that's excellent advice to be true to yourself is very important and to get that weight lifted is very important but it also needs to be done healthfully mm-hmm. and with boundaries and if it's just not the right time you're not ready it's not the right person to come out to do you really need to come out to this person i mean
0: mm-hmm.
1: it, it, is it is it really somebody you need to come out to you know we don't walk down the street saying hey i'm straight you know right exactly <laughs> that's it's assumed you're straight so which is why I right, right. say otherwise, um, we don't need to advertise. We, if we don't feel comfortable in a certain situation, then there's no reason to come out. Um, again, mm-hmm. My wife did not come out as a teacher because in the state of Florida, we're having some problems with education and teaching and don't say gay. That kind of mm-hmm. stuff is happening. So she didn't come out as a teacher because she was I mean, there might be parents who would say, you can't be my child's teacher because she's gay, mm-hmm. or she'll recruit them and they'll all turn gay. So, uh, yes, uh, and yeah, no, but unfortunately, those, those beliefs are still out there. But now she works in a bank, and we're in a gay community in St. Petersburg. She works in a bank, and she says, My girlfriend so and so made dinner the other night, and she's just, it's completely out. And she feels, you know, she just says, My girlfriend or my wife. And it's just, you, matter of fact, in conversation, like you would talk about your husband. You'd say, Hey, my husband so and so made dinner the other night. It was excellent. Hey, my wife so and so made dinner the other night we got up at four o'clock in the morning because she had to go do this or that. You know, I'm exhausted. You know, it's the same conversation. Yeah. But again, if you're not comfortable, you're not safe, you're not ready and you don't need to come out to that person. Set your boundary. Right.
0: And what about people who are really struggling with if, when, how, and they're, they're not ready, but they're in a depression or they're feeling really low or struggling in general. Um, do you have any advice for people who are kind of in that figuring it out space?
1: We have, um, there's actually a Facebook group I'm going to plug right now called Club Lilies, L I L L I E S. And that's late in life lesbians. Um, and that is a very supportive group club lilies. And we have oh, it good. by region all across the country. Um, so uh, the host of that is Jamie Messina and she's a, a life coaches as well. She lives here in St. Petersburg, the same place I do. And she has made it a very safe space. And there are a lot of women come on there and ask for support. I'm 10 years Mm -hmm.
0: in marriage.
1: My kids are nine and eight. What do I do? I'm 15 years in a marriage. My kids are 13 and 12. Um, The kids are going to be the Mm -hmm. ones to come out to at this stage. Mm -hmm. Um, As long as, you know, they know that you still love them and you're still their mother and they're your mom and you love them. And so it doesn't matter who you love. Um, for that. Mm-hmm. The, the husband, of course, obviously is going to be a major issue. Anybody struggling with that needs to, of course, take support. There's so much mental health available online now. Um, telehealth, telemed, better health. So much can be done just to, you know, sit with yourself and be calm and figure out who you are. Um, there's a lot of support and help available online. And I would I would definitely recommend if people don't want to go into their family doctor or they don't want to go into you know, insurance or they have issues with insurance, they don't want people to know, definitely do something online. Um, the Zoom help, get help, get help, get a partner. Mm-hmm. No one should go it alone. No one should suffer alone. Anybody, have a straight day. If you've got a problem, right. um, get help. Get mental health. It's so important right now.
0: What about local LGBTQ centers? Or I know we have one in our Cleveland area that's really great, very active. Pride centers, um, yes. Usually that's what
1: they're called is the so-and-so Pride Center. I have St. Pete Metro Pride here in St. Petersburg. Okay. Um, my son belonged to New Haven Pride in, in up in Connecticut. Pride centers are an excellent mm-hmm. place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and they probably refer you to therapists or to support groups right. that are local in your area that you can do. Um, but if you don't want to be seen, perhaps, maybe the online is the way to go. And you can even contact them online right. to see if there's any support groups online. Cause everybody's doing, I mean, we're pretty much opened up back to face to face now. So, but if you don't want to do face to face because of privacy, your mm-hmm. you know, anonymity, then, you know, online is definitely the way to go. We yeah, pride centers are an excellent idea.
0: Oh, great. I mean, the, the, the takeaway is like, you're not alone. There right. are people who are going through the same thing, have been through the same thing that you can talk to, Um, who can offer you resources and support. So um, like I was alluding to earlier, I don't want it to seem like if you know someone or there's someone in your family or a friend who happens to be somewhere in that LGBTQ plus spectrum, like the first thing about them is their sexuality. That is not the case. Just like the first thing I talk, like, I don't talk about my bedroom habits with people. Like, that's just not first part of my identity. And, and so we need to realize that about anyone in the LGBTQ plus community. It's like, that's not the first part of their identity. They're just people. Mm -hmm. I guess I just want to talk more about that and about, you know, what you do and how you help people come to understand themselves and live their best lives and, and talk about anything I forgot to ask. Like, I, (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm very aware that I have a certain point of view that might be missing something. So so what did I miss?
1: I just want to recap the holiday thing a little bit. It's all about Absolutely. it's all about managing expectations and preparing everyone in advance for what's going to happen. Right. You know, giving including yourself. To get so, giving yourself and, and give everybody the tips and tools and tricks to get a, to get along for the holiday and have a plan um have an exit strategy if things go south and then um you know if if your your grandparents are going to insist you sleep in separate bedrooms well that's old fashioned and okay decide to stay in a hotel or decide to sleep in separate bedrooms and have fun when you get home but you know it's just it's it can happen you know and, and I I could foresee that I could foresee that happening with my my partner's parents that we would sleep in separate bedrooms so, you yeah. know just have a plan manage everybody's expectations get everything together know what's going on and work as far in advance as possible so nothing's a surprise we don't want to drop any bombs right at the christmas dinner or at the thanksgiving dinner table um including politics and all that kind of stuff i mean you just you just got oh yeah
0: figure,
1: you know all those taboo subjects for family gatherings you know you don't want to surprise anybody
0: yeah we have a no politics rule with my extended family we just yeah Talk about anything else. <laughs> so and then,
1: also, you know, again, don't you know, too, don't consume too much so that you're not yourself. And then uh, mm-hmm. everybody can get along for the holidays. Have a fun, great holiday if everybody prepares and everybody knows what's going
0: on. Yeah.
1: Then, as as far as what I do, um, as as life coaching, like you like you said in the intro, I help um, mature women um, with health, fitness, wellness, relationships, fulfilling relationships. Um, I've added a new phrase in there for creating lasting change. Um, Cause so often we'll change, you know, we'll do our January health and fitness new year's resolutions. And by January 30th, we don't even remember what they were. They're just gone. Mm-hmm. So creating lasting change is a difference. Um, it's called the new life story. I'm a certified coach in the new life story. It's created by Dr. Kruger in Houston, Texas, and it uses the neuroscience of the brain to reprogram the paths
0: that neuroplasticity. Yep.
1: Yep. We just operate on automatic pilot all the time. And our brain is constantly processing to, okay, I'm going to go this way. Okay. I go that way. I've already done this a hundred times. We go this way. We go that way. You have to change that and break that routine. If we want to create last lasting change in our life, our career, our money story, our relationship story, our relationship with ourself story, our health story, our fitness story, all those stories are ingrained in your brain. Mm-hmm. And in order to change that, you have to change your brain. And I have helped people to do that and, and specifically mature women. And then specifically in the LGBTQ plus community, um, just to make sure that's a safe space. But, um, I see everyone or anyone, you know, life coaches can do everybody. We prefer to stay in a certain, we call it a niche, you know, we prefer to stay in a certain mm-hmm. plane mm-hmm. um, in order to find our ideal clients. But, um, Really, coaches can help anyone, um, and it's just it's just a matter of recognizing you need help because otherwise you would have done it yourself. I mean, you'd already you'd already be done. You you have your lasting change. You you create it yourself. And if you can't and you need to take a partner, it's not therapy. We're not going to talk about your parents. We're not going to talk about all your baggage. We're not going to talk about anything like that and how you were raised and the trauma. Nope, mm-hmm. no, not dealing with that. Um, we're talking about the here, the now, and the future. And right. the coach is that helping person, and we call, we call it co-creator to co-create your new story and what you want that to look like, and what you need right. to keep, leave behind, stay, go, move forward, and then practice those new pathways over and over again to make sure that you stay create that lasting change and not just that New Year's resolution change that we we all do some. Yeah.
0: Right. And listeners, if if you haven't heard it already, we did a mini series, Kathy, this past season about mental health, all the different ins and outs of mental health. And one of our episodes was the difference between therapy and life coaching. Okay. And so, yeah, we talked about how, you know, one looks pa- back and one looks forward and, and all the ins and outs. Sarah describes it much better than I do, but <laughs> you can go back and listen to that. Do you find that people later in life? I'm, you know, I'm 53. Um, is it harder to change habits, um, lifelong habits, the older you get, or is it is are the fundamentals of neuroplasticity and goal setting and all that stuff? Is it is it the same? Does it change?
1: I think it's pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. If you're dedicated to wanting to make a change, and sometimes you know, in our late 40s and 50s, you know, we're calling that a midlife crisis. And we want to make major changes in our life, and we really don't know how. um we're we're just reevaluating everything. We're you know maybe now we next mm-hmm, maybe, maybe we, now we have to deal deal with elderly parents. Our parents are baby boomers now, and they're getting geriatric. So there's all this stuff going on, and it's time for that change. It's and it, maybe it's time to focus on ourselves. We haven't had time before. So actually, it's a great time to make a change is, is then and to make a change for ourselves. Do something for ourselves rather than us do it for mm-hmm. everybody else all the time and really focus on where we are and what we want and where our true, again, I just I say this, be true to yourself on where you truly are um, finance wise, money wise, career wise. Are you really happy in your career? Are you doing what you love? Or did you just stay in the same career because you needed money for the family? Now maybe it's time. Now maybe you can make that transition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All really good times to make changes is, is right in this right in this age group is great times to make changes.
0: Well, there's hope for me yet then. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. If you don't mind, I'm going to do a, a holiday hard no speed round. I'm, I'm throwing a surprise at you. Okay. So I'm going to say something and you either say yes or hard no hmm okay green bean casserole yes <laughs> cranberry sauce hard no <laughs> okay interesting eggnog hard no yeah same uh latkes don't know what it is oh potato pancakes like at hanukkah time oh yes yes yeah yes yes okay gravy yes yeah brussels sprouts no hard no I'm learning so much about you. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kathy. This was fun and I really enjoyed talking with you. Really kind of got some things um spinning in my head, things to think about, some things I need might need life coaching help with. <laughs> what did I forget to talk about? Is there anything we haven't talked about that I should bring up or anything else you want to add to the conversation before we go? No, I think we covered it
1: fantastically. It was wonderful. I love it. And um
0: look forward to the podcast well thank you so much tell people where they can find you uh, run run
1: your life 1013 at gmail or uh, run your
0: okay fantastic we'll put links to everything on our webpage. page and uh, again thank you so much for spending the time to talk to us and happy holidays yes you as well that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found today's conversation helpful. Visit our website, hardnopodcast.com for this episode's show notes, including all of the wonderful resources that Kathy mentioned, past episodes, downloadables, and links to resources. Have a question or suggestion for the podcast? Send an email through our website or message us on Instagram. Our handle is at hardnopodcast. If you liked what you heard here, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast, especially on Apple, so others can find us too. That's a Hard No is presented by Clever Girl Marketing in partnership with Purposeful Growth and Wellness. Marketing and amazing production coordinator, Maura Del Rosario. Production support, Evergreen Podcast, Noah Fouts, producer. Noah does not like green beans. Music by Gigi Ricks. Until next time, thanks for listening. And remember, saying no isn't just okay. Saying no is the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. So do it. Find your no, then say it unapologetically. That's a hard no. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called